Hey, Kate. Yeah? Do we give legal advice on this podcast? Oh, gosh, no. Hostile work environment. Exactly. Hey, an appropriate workplace topic. Hostile work environment. I'm the human resources director. Little Miss Hostile Work Environment. Hello, and welcome to the Hostile Work Environment podcast. My name is Mark Allison. Kate's making faces at me. She's sticking her tongue out at me. My name is Mark Allison. Uh, I'm here, as always, with Kate Bischoff. Kate, what's going on? Sounds like you've got a nice day there, maybe, for a couple minutes. Uh, yeah, well, well, it won't rain for a little bit, but we've, we finally hit 60 degrees here in Minnesota. So it's been a while before it's been warm, and we're, we're still missing that you know rumored orb that goes in the sky and brightens things. We still haven't seen that for a bit. So I'm looking well, this forward must, to it. Must be the tale of woe of the northerners here because because <laughs> yes. we so we had a day that hit 70 right before we recorded our last episode. And then 48 mm-hmm. hours after we recorded our last episode, I had six inches of snow on the ground. <laughs> the latest recorded snowfall in Portland ever. Wow. Ever, ever. And because all the trees are in bloom and the ground is really soft. I lost four trees in my backyard, mm. uh, uh, but thankfully, my former co-host Dennis came over uh, with his chainsaw, and we had a morning of chainsawing last weekend, and Sweet. it was so much fun. And I've got Sweet. like firewood up, uh, you know, as much firewood <laughs> as I'm going to need. I was going to say something impolite, but I fire as much firewood as I need. So um, okay, so you know, we'll take it take it as it comes. But you know, we've you also. Did, you didn't process it enough to redo your deck? Mm, I don't think it's that kind of... <laughs> I do need to redo the deck. Uh, but I'm actually thinking, given given we're in Portland and the rain, I think like treks or something yes. that's that's not actually wood-based uh, is going to be our best solution on that front. So I agree. Uh, so our little wood stove will be in supply uh, for winters coming uh, in for the, the long future. So, okay, cool. Good you know. for you. Good but for we you. also have been struggling. I mean, we've had days in the 40s here through April. Uh, hail. We had thunder hail and thunder snow last week. We ha- I mean, it's yep. we don't get thunder ever in Portland. And we had thunder snow. <laughs> I, it was, it's weird. It's a weird time, Kate. Yes, it is. Well, it's a weird time in general. So, okay. I have a great story. And as well, we- I have a great story too, Kate. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Yeah. Okay, so this is the, that- this yeah, is the first ahead. time this has happened that we both showed up and we're both like, we've got a great story. And it was the same story. Uh, so <laughs> slightly less content today than I think we thought we were bringing you. Uh, yes. But uh, we both had that reaction to the story. So, um, you know, it's a good one. Yes. Well, in fact, I texted you. I'm like, I've got the best story ever. Um, and my the reason I got it was Lori Rudiman emailed it to me. Um, so that's why I have it. And your bride reads Jezebel regularly. So she gave it to yeah, you. Yeah. So hat to so Tracy, sh- my wife, yep. also for sending this to us. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you to those uh, of you out there <laughs> who know us so well and know when you see something. We've got a lot of, we got a, a good number of articles in from folks this week. And, and yes. we, I, I don't know if it's a chicken egg letter. We got you looking at it or you were looking at it anyway, <laughs> but a lot of you were looking at anti-work and sending us all the stuff on anti-work. Uh, so we're going to talk about some of that later today as well. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to read the Jezebel story to you, um, and I'm going to use the word stripper. Now, as a lawyer who has represented strip joints in the past, um, they are, or, you know, strippers call themselves strippers, and whether you want to call them exotic dancers or whatever, um, these particular dancers definitely call themselves strippers. So that's why I'm going to use this term as we go through this, okay? So the title of it is Solidarity with These Strippers Who Dressed as Their Club's OSHA Violations on the Picket Line. Star Garden dancers locked out from the Los Angeles Strip Club dressed as broken glass, bed bugs, a hole in the stage, and more to protest working conditions. Okay? So they, they've been on strike since March 18th, and they're absolutely dragging the club's owners to hell on the picket line. Star Garden in North Hollywood allegedly fired two dancers last month after they raised safety concerns. Okay. 
the majority of the others signed a petition demanding safety changes at the club. The owners locked them out, violating the National Labor Relations Act. Now, because, you know, sign a petition is definitely collective action, seeking to improve or even just talking about working conditions. So it definitely falls in the purview of the NLRA. Okay. So, and again, highlighting here, because we are a legal HR podcast, <laughs> this is true even if you don't have unions. Yes. Okay. The next this is that is, area that we talk about, yeah. okay, a lot on this podcast that you have to still allow the space for your employees to be able to have the conversation, for example, yep. in which they might want to talk about whether they want to have a union. And that yeah. really falls under this exact kind of area. So, so yeah, you, you sh- if, if your employees band together to do something like this <laughs> that relates to a term or condition of employment, you probably shouldn't fire any or all of them, all of them. Uh, <laughs> a, as a result. Right. So as per the National Labor Relations Board, employees at union and italicized bold underline non-union workplaces have the right to help each other by doing things like sharing information, signing petitions, and seeking to improve wages and working conditions in a variety of ways. And it's the lockout that is the violation. So the workers claimed that management recently instituted a policy making it so security guards couldn't intervene when customers harassed dancers unless they received approval from one of the club's owners first, which is a bullshit policy. I'm just going to say, like, as I, soon as a customer starts harassing someone, security should step in. Like, I mean, what? Legally, morally, ethically, like, that's a great, like, Wow. That's just like twirling the mustache kind of policy right there. It's Well, let me see. Well, maybe he should harass her a little bit more as I twirl my mustache um, before security intervenes. Like what? Yeah, I mean, it, it's not it's not an amount of harassing the dancer that reaches a level that we're ready to step in yet. Right. No, okay. that's not like we're not drawing those lines. Thank you. Yes. And I don't want security to hurt the customer, but just got to stop it. Right. So in addition to dancers saying this policy compromised their safety, they're also calling out other harmful working conditions at Star Garden, ranging from insect and rodent problems to broken materials that could hurt people. The group protesting dancers, the group of protesting dancers has filed at least five unfair labor practice charges against the club with the NLRB while maintaining an active presence on social media about their cause. They've been sharing a supporter petition, strike fund, and footage of the pickets on Instagram at Stripper Strike NoHo, you know, North Hollywood. So Stripper Strike NoHo is the handle. Uh, Mark has done some deep diving into this Instagram post. I had prepared this article as well for today, and I had to make sure I did my research on it. Yes. So most notably, the dancers pick a theme for each night's picket attire and sing karaoke as they talk to potential customers to let them know that the workers are on strike. They also urge these potential customers and passerby to go to other local clubs rather than cross the picket line in an effort to keep abreast of how many people walk by. (laughs) That was pun was in the thing. Right. No, that's Um, I actually in my notes here. I I had also in an effort to keep this was my script. Also in an effort to keep abreast. Not my pun. It was in the article. <laughs> and how many people went in? The dancers also keep a nightly tally on a whiteboard, which I think is also awesome. Like, take some, you know, inspiration from Representative Porter with her whiteboard just down the street a little further in Orange County. So Saturday's theme centered on the allegations made by the by OSHA that the dancers filed against the club. The OSHA violations they depicted included shards of broken glass, bed bugs in furniture, and a hole in the stage, a rusty nail on the stage, and a white substance falling from the ceiling. It's fantastic. (laughs) That was where I I was, oh my gosh. (laughs) There's, There's TikTok at labor underscore babe, and then they post that stuff on stripper strike no ho as well. So... I think the broken glass one was really clever, but the broken glass one was clever. Um, one viral TikTok, I, I've 
stop me if I'm getting ahead of you a little here, but you <laughs> yeah. know, we had sexy OSHA inspectors, seductive mm-hmm. rats, because you know the the rat is the sign of somebody who 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 you crosses know, that line. crosses a, a picket line. And in a viral TikTok, one dancer dressed with ears and whiskers introduces herself as Scabatha <laughs> and says, I'm the rat that keeps crawling back into this club and crossing the picket line. I do have salmonella and I do bite. <laughs> and then I like the editorial comment by Jezebel. We have no choice but to support Scabatha. Mm-hmm. Right, 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 right. Um, <laughs> Yes. So part of my research, I went on Instagram to kind of see what else from the from the picket lines I could find. They have signs too. Oh, great! And mm-hmm. so, uh, so I found the images of the rust, six, sexy rusty nail, firefighter, <laughs> security guard, mm-hmm. but also picketing signs that read "Twerk Union." <laughs> I love these heels <laughs> on, walk off. <laughs> Safety is sexy. Mm-hmm. Hotties for the number four. Hotties for workers' rights. <laughs> and my favorite, no justice, no booty. <laughs> That's fantastic. I know. So in my previous work at a large firm, we did a lot of representation because at the time in the late 2000s, um, there was a big movement about whether strippers are independent contractors or right. are employees. And so that right. there was a whole slew of litigation around that. And so my firm represented one of the clubs and they would take depositions of these women. And I, I swear, I've never met a dumb stripper. Like they are very oh, smart, very yeah. savvy. You know, they're going on to do great things and they're just making a shit ton of money so that they can do those things, which I find just, you know, admirable. So absolutely. Well, that, it's a it's great definitely not story. long term job, but we're both big fans of these strippers uh, and <laughs> and wish them success in in improving their yes. working conditions, because it sounds like a hellhole. I mean, it sounds terrible. Mm-hmm. It does sound terrible. And but I do hope, you know, they mentioned that they have a strike club or a strike fund, but I do hope that they are successful, but also that they can still feed their families, etc. So agreed. So while we're on this subject, I, I I said before we started, Kate does not know what I'm about to ask her about here. Uh, that I was going to try to transition. So while we're on the subject of of women and and female body parts, oh, keep going, Mark. Um, let let yeah, let's do this. I have a listener question. <laughs> okay, that's about boobs. Okay, well, as an owner of a pair, maybe I'll be able to be insightful. Okay, I'm not going to identify. I didn't have a chance to write this person back and see if it's okay uh, to use their name, so I'm not going to identify the individual who sent this. Um, but thank you for sending the question. We haven't had very many listener questions. If you have questions like this, <laughs> hwepodcast at gmail dot com. Uh, we love when we get this. Kate has no idea what I'm about to ask her about, uh, and so I I, I want to get her unvarnished. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm the client calling her up and saying I have this problem, Kate. What is your legal advice? Okay. All right. Well, this is no legal advice on this podcast. What is your faux legal advice? (laughs) Yes. Okay. All right. uh, Listener writes, I was asked how I would handle a dress code issue with an employee not wearing a bra. Oh, sweet. Sweet. The female works in an area with outside vendors, and the manager says it's causing a distraction between the mostly male vendors. The dress code doesn't address undergarments. My first thought was saying it is a distraction, but then I thought I might it might be discriminatory because we wouldn't address a male who isn't wearing underwear. I have questions about that. But um, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on how to approach the situation or would you leave it alone? Oh, no, I would have to approach the situation. Uh, Okay, so. I have dealt with in my career several stinky people and several people not dressed the way they should be. Um, in fact, like some wearing, you know, longer sweatshirts, but then no pants. So, you know, like if she bent over, you could see it all and those kinds of things. And I've handled it this way. This is how you're being perceived. Do you want to be perceived that way? And do you want to be taken seriously in this position? I will not put 
wear a bra and a dress code. I will not pay, put wear underpants or any underroo things in the dress code <laughs> itself. But I <laughs> underroo things that. Come on, didn't you have underroos? As a kid, I you know I don't know right. people in the workplace who wear underroos. Oh, well, they might. They I don't. I don't even. Did they? I don't even know if they make like grown-up size underoos. They must. Oh, they sure. must actually. Yeah. Yeah, you can get some Captain America underoos. So cool. It can be you. Mark's hitting the Google right now. Going on Amazon. <laughs> Given your pension for Portland Timbers Green, maybe you could just go with the Hulk. So or Green Lantern or you yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I. That's how I would approach it. Of This is how you're being perceived. It is causing an issue with our vendors. And I'm not sure that you want to be perceived this way. And be- that perception is affecting how we do business. Let's so say I'm the, gonna the employee here is like, I'm cool with being perceived that way. I like being perceived that way. You going to do anything okay. else about it? Yeah. But I think the perception question usually gets it done for me. All right. So, but, but then the follow-up would be, no, actually, I need you to wear a bra. Yeah. Yeah. So eventually you, you'd, you'd put your foot down and be like, that's actually part of our standard of dress and grooming yes. here. Yes. Well, and it, it's not like, I'm not going to tell her what kind of bra she needs to wear. I'm going to say you need to something so it's not a distraction. I mean, if you wanted to wear big sweaters, I would be okay with that, but it's because it's a distraction, this is the problem. So I might not tell her exactly what she should wear, but. And, you know, listener, if you know that you have a male employee who's not wearing underwear in a way that is known and problematic for whatever reason, Uh you need to do something about that too. Now, I mean, maybe the point here is if, if, you know, they're wearing pants and I can't tell if they're wearing underwear or not, how would you John know? Why Hamm would you care? Through, yeah, John. Why Hamm would you care? Central Park, right? Like, uh, I would care about that. But but you wouldn't know. So why would you even do anything about it? Uh, John Hand, what's happening here while you're walking through the park cannot happen when you're walking through my business place. I don't have any idea what you're talking about with John. Oh Hamm. well. Um, but like, <laughs> if if someone's wearing pants, if you're wearing yes. like regular pants and and you're going commando, I'm not always sure that that's going to be something that anybody would know about. Well, they might not know that you're going commando, but there's a lot of lower half action that I don't want to see. Well, r- no, obviously, but it. Okay, my point here is if there's something that you can see, then yes, there's something you should do about that. If you can't see it and you don't know about it, you're not going to do anything about it. Right. Which is why I suggest maybe the big sweater for her too. But like, sure, you you have to understand this is a distraction. This can't, this distraction can't be here. You're being perceived this way, which is, you know, you're not going to be treated the way you expect to be treated given this. And that's not to say you know, women get this attention because they ask for it based upon what they wear. But this is just her, like, this is how you're being perceived. You should know that this is how you're being perceived. So, yeah. Ugh, gross. All right. Kate, the dress code <laughs> expert. <laughs> wear, hey, wear I have my squid bra. hat right here. So Your squid hat's <laughs> awesome. I, I feel like you should just wear that for whenever we record. <laughs> okay. So I've got some really bad bosses. Well, wait, 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 wait. Okay. You're going we're, you're going out of order. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're sorry. I, I got another story first because I want to I think we want to finish with bad bosses today. So. Mhm. Celebrate so. good times. Come on. Okay, so we're we're talking Okay. I I so all right. Have I ever told you? <laughs> like, like before we get into that. All right. Have I ever told you? So I maybe I've said this on the pod before, maybe not, but that like deep down I'm a really deeply shy introvert. Yeah. And one reason that I started the podcast with Dennis uh, all the way back when in the first place was to kind of get over my discomfort with public speaking. And it's not the persona that I portray here for obvious reasons, but like I I am not the kind of person that's out there doing stuff mm-hmm. in that way. All right. So mm-hmm. when I was a kid, maybe four or five, my parents threw me a birthday party as parents mm-hmm. often do. And I shied away from any attention. So uh, while I was excited about this birthday party, I still remember now in my 40s 
at this fourth or fifth birthday party, whenever it was, when they started singing happy birthday, I just couldn't deal with it. <gasps> like I could not deal with being Mark. the center of attention. And I, I ran down and hid in the basement for like the next hour until one of the <gasps> other parents came in. Like, it's like, I get it. It's cool. Like, why don't you come back out and have some cake? And the cake did it because I was four or five, like <laughs> got me back out. But that feeling of being the center of attention mm -hmm. is something that, 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 that people, you know, feel anxious about. I, mm -hmm. I totally get that. Uh, and then the feeling of like, oh my God, I'm super embarrassed about running away adds mm -hmm. to your other anxiety afterwards. And so yep. when I tell you the story I'm about to tell you that I know you've also seen this week and many of you mm -hmm. listeners have sent this to us. I just want to say like, this hits home for me in ways that many of our stories don't. So, well, and, and, and I will agree with you. Like if somebody said, Kate, we're going to throw you a birthday party and be like, no, thanks. I'm not coming. Um, the only way you could get me to a birthday party for myself would be, it'd be if it's a surprise and I have no idea that it's coming because I don't think I would go if I knew it was, it but, was happening. But on the record here on your podcast, <laughs> you wouldn't like that, would you? No, I wouldn't like that. So everybody listening, do not throw and Kate a surprise birthday party. <laughs> Don't well throw her an actual birthday party. <laughs> Just send cake. Cakes or gifts, yes. Gifts, mm -hmm. okay. Mm -hmm. Cookies, yep. All, all those things work. Um, but and and I will. Somebody asked me what my greatest fear is. It's when people sing to me, like. When when I would go on like dating apps, if I saw somebody with a guitar or anything like that, I'd be like, definitely no, 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 because that person's gonna want to sing to me at some point. And I th th that I explains so much. When like early on, when we were talking about like different things we could do on the podcast, I was like, how about we have like karaoke <laughs> contest at the nope. end or something? And you're like, nope, 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 nope. You <laughs> you you put a nail in that coffin real fast. Yeah, uh, it's my not that anybody wants to listen to me sing, but. <laughs> Like that's part of why it would be funny, uh, <laughs> and now now you know we're gonna get all this like listener mail. Like you should have a karaoke karaoke contest. <laughs> at the end of your yeah, no, no. All right, so here's the story. All right, I, I kind of rewrote this article to tell it in a I, I just think a better way because often the articles that we get, it's like uh, they 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 give you the punchline in the headline, and yeah. like here I just want to get through it all and tell the story. Like we're a storytelling podcast, so. Uh, Gravity Diagnostics is a company mm -hmm. in Kentucky and they have this lovely practice that you would hate and I probably would hate <laughs> of throwing a birthday celebration for employees on their birthday. Okay. One way yep. that I like that companies can get around that because I actually don't think it's a great practice for a number of reasons is uh, have, have a day designated every month to celebrate yes. all the birthdays from that month. And yep, then you don't I have agree. the attention on any in particular individual, I, you know, you put the names of the people up on the wall. And if you want to say something nice to me, but it's not about singing happy birthday to them, right. it's coming in, yep. having some cake. And it's like, that's something that's for the employees as opposed to something that's ostensibly for you. Mm -hmm. The best right? law firm I ever worked for did it that way. It was every month there would be like, there'd be something, but the people whose birthday it was got to select what we would have. So like oh, cool. nachos or cake or ice cream or something like that. So yeah. I love that. It was awesome. All right. So 2019 employee Kevin at Gravity, Gravity <laughs> Diagnostics, asked the office manager a few days before his birthday to please not throw him a birthday celebration because, quote, being the center of attention, end quote, could result in a panic attack that would bring back uncomfortable childhood memories. <laughs> so what did Gravity Diagnostics do? They threw, they him, threw a party. him a party. They threw him a surprise birthday party. Uh, they did it anyway. And he had no idea because he'd asked them and assumed it wasn't going to happen. So he shows up at the lunchroom, walks into the party. I don't know if everybody like yelled surprise, but there was clearly a party and it was clearly for him. And it immediately triggered a panic attack and he left and spent the lunch hour in his car. Yep. Basement, car, whatever works for you. Mm -hmm. He texted the office manager and asked, why did you fail to accommodate my request not to have a party? And in response, the office manager said, why don't you come in? We'll have a talk about this tomorrow. Okay. So he comes to a meeting the next day and she confronts him. 
I don't know if there are other people in this meeting. I know at least the office managers there. He alleges that he was confronted and criticized by the office manager about his reaction. And either her or others at this meeting accused him of, quote, stealing his co-worker's joy <laughs> and being, quote unquote, being a little girl. Mm. Oh, that oh, the gender piece. I just like. Oh, I know. One. Right. Yeah, I get stabby. Yep. Mm-hmm. But all, I mean, both of these are cringy for completely different reasons. But like yeah. stealing your coworkers joy. Wait, I thought this was a celebration for my birthday. What for is me. it? What does it have yeah. to do with all my coworkers joy? If you want to have it be about your cake. coworkers joy, just have the month birthday party or better or, or even don't even have it. Just have a monthly party that anybody can, you know, that's yes. that can bring the joy. Um unsurprisingly being confronted in this way caused Kevin to have another panic attack. Mm-hmm. So they sent him home for the remainder of the day and the next day, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. the following day they fired him. <sighs> nope. So nope. Nope. I read about four or five different articles about this and they all kind of approached it from a different perspective. So I have kind of conflicting reasons here but i think they all build on each other and they're probably all Mm -hmm. true so one report i said that the reason they fired him was quote because of the events of the previous week uh that would be a direct causal connection yeah right another said though that the company cited concerns about workplace safety and i was trying to figure out what that meant and i think i was because i i didn't I'll, i'll admit i didn't find the time to go and like pull the complaint if I could even find it because the complaint here is in Kenton County Circuit Court in Northern Kentucky. I mean, it's not like I, mm. I have that circuit court on speed dial to be able to pull up their <laughs> to any complaints. Um, but uh, he sued them and we'll get back to the workplace safety thing in a minute, but he sued them Kenton County Circuit Court for failure to accommodate his disability and retaliation for requesting an accommodation. And based on the facts as presented, that doesn't yeah. mean that gravity diagnostics can't present other facts that, right, right as as you and I often do uh, in in defending lawsuits or defending charges or things like that. Uh, there, there's often another reason, but at least on its face, mm-hmm. this is a pretty egregious and obvious kind of claim. The case went to trial in March, and after a two-day trial, a Kentucky jury, which in my mind, like, again, I don't really know Kentucky that well, but in my mind you're probably going to have a harder time getting a Kentucky jury to find for a plaintiff than you are for a Portland jury or a Minneapolis jury. Uh, maybe. So yeah. I, I probably, you know, but so I, and I don't know if Kenton County, I don't know if this is an urban or more rural location. Okay. So, um, but they awarded him $450,000, including 150 K for lost wages and 300 K for emotional distress. Um, awesome. I don't know what, Kentucky state law. My guess is this is in state court. It wasn't brought under federal law. I don't know what Kentucky's kind of damage limits or caps are. In Oregon, I can tell you this would have been a much higher verdict. In California, I can tell you it would have been an astronomically higher verdict. Uh Um, Following the verdict. So so in some ways, gravity gets off easy, whether that's because they're in Kentucky or other mitigating facts, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, following the verdict, the company's COO, Julie Brazil, told reporters that Gravity stands by its decision to terminate his employment because he violated a workplace <sighs> violence policy. Okay, so how was he violent? So I'm going to, I've been trying to pick that apart here and I'm going to, I've got a little bit more here. So so hear me out and then we're going to engage in some speculation. Okay. Okay. Uh, so she says he, they, they, they stand by the decision because he violated a workplace violence policy. Quote, my employees were the victims in this case, not the plaintiff. Okay. okay. She said they are considering. Did he wield the cake knife? And like, ah! So again, engaging in speculation here. I have a little <laughs> bit more about it. Um, and because I have a quote from Kevin's attorney. Mm. And Kevin's attorney responded to that saying he had a panic attack. That's all. And because representatives from gravity diagnostics did not understand his panic response, and were unnerved by his response, they assumed he was a threat. Assuming Ah. that people with mental health issues are dangerous without any evidence of any violent behavior, 
is discriminatory. Discriminatory. Yeah. So I agree with everything he says there. What we don't know is what is the alleged behavior. So you could see somebody who has an anxiety response respond in a way that is unnerving, but certainly doesn't express any violence, which I think is much Mm -hmm. more likely to be the case here. Or it could be his unnerved anxiety response involved like some sort of verbal threat back or something like that. Like, I can't believe you did this to me and I'm going to get you back or do something like, I mean, again, Mm -hmm. complete and total speculation here. And like I said, I doubt that's the case. I really doubt it. But I don't Mm -hmm. know what facts they alleged to get to that. And whatever those facts were, they were not enough to get a jury to go with them on it. Right. Uh, There was not a legitimate non-discriminatory reason presented sufficient to overcome the causal connection and the... Right. Or to show that that reason's pretext. I mean, it sounds like the reason was considered to be pretext, uh, whatever that reason was. And so I, you know, this case really speaks to listening to employees when they tell you they have an issue. And if it's easy to accommodate that issue, the easiest thing in the world would be not to have a birthday party for some, I mean, this isn't even a close call. No, even, even if, even if it's not an actual ADA qualifying or state law disability qualifying, right. you know, disability. If somebody asks you not to throw you a birthday party, when they know that you do that for most employees, listen to them and don't do it. Right. Don't ask Take for paperwork. Gonna... Don't ask for a doctor's note. Yep. Not that I, not that it says that they did that here, but you just don't do it. It's so easy. It's the easiest thing in the world. And companies yep. like this that are like, no, we have our way of doing it. We're going to do it anyway, even though you asked us not to. Um, I mean, there's circumstances where, yeah, it's part of our job and we have to do stuff and you can't just tell us not to do the work. But throwing a right. birthday party? Like, come on, give not me a break. Get over yourselves. Save the money on the cake and give them a target gift card instead. my employees so. are the victims here not not this guy <laughs> give me a freaking yes. break yeah well and and i will say i think four hundred fifty thousand dollars. i don't know what his wage loss is or any details about the wage loss but that's not a bad verdict no it's not um, a bad verdict at all um, i don't know what and, his, i don't know what his job was how much he was making i don't right. know if he found exactly. a new job so on the wage loss side of things there's lots of things that factored into that and we don't have those facts so i don't even right Right. And you can, you can assume there's going to be another, you know, 100, 150 for attorney's fees on top of that. So he's going to get, there's going to be, that's not going to be insufficient or an insurmountable amount, but it, that seems in line. Right. Um, And, you know, this is on the cusp of this week learning that the $133 million um, verdict against Tesla was cut down to like 13 or a significantly yeah, smaller so number. So courts will often with with jury verdicts if they're excessive, and this isn't an excessive kind of verdict. No, but but big verdicts will often be cut down by the court after the fact yeah. as unreasonable or not fitting yeah. the facts. Um, we just don't know what the facts are here. I mean, the other thing that this was egregious enough in my mind. Now again, I don't know what the mitigating fact is here. So, mm-hmm. uh, but assuming it's a bullshit mitigating fact for the moment. Uh, to me, this would have been at least at least here in state court. I, this would have been pled with punitive damages, and I would have, I yep. think they would have gotten them. Yeah, I agree because the causal connection is so close. Like, there's no question about that. Right, so, and, and, and and also on the safety issue, like, were there going to be candles? Because uh, I'd be really worried about a safety issue if there were candles, and you're going to ask him to blow on a cake that everybody else is going to eat. So. I, right. I or if he has an anxiety response issue. and takes the takes you know, is it, <laughs> an anxiety <laughs> response and takes a lit candle and tries to light the place on fire? No, you know? no! it like waves it around. Yes. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. no, I I feel for Kevin having been mm-hmm. in that exact situation as a kid. Of course, I think I'd handle it differently yeah. as an adult. But I I am with Kevin. Like I wouldn't want that for myself typically, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what a shitty employer. Yeah. Speaking of shitty employers. Okay. You ready? I feel like every transition we could, we do could be like speaking of shitty employers. Employers. Okay. So we've got two, I have two anti-work kind of stories 
This one comes from, um, I got it from gang gang friends in Alabama, but it comes from a story from the Instagram account, not sure I'm approved, which is one of my favorite Instagram accounts. (laughs) Shocking. I'm (laughs) shocked to hear that. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So this is an email sent to employees. Hello all. Happy Wednesday, period. No exclamation point. I'm not so happy this morning. Yesterday, three of you submitted your two weeks notice. All three of you claimed it was because of a quote unquote better opportunity, not even thinking about the fact that some of your coworkers have lives outside of this job and children. It's in all caps. That's why I'm yelling. Your quote unquote better opportunities, doubtful, we pay you all fair wages, are really worth affecting your team members' quality of life. I myself have children, and instead of being at their band recital this week, I will have to be sitting at work posting job offers on Indeed instead. This is outrageous. You all will need to you all need to speak against yourselves and plan these things out so you don't leave a company high and dry all at once. The lack of consideration from employees I previously had a different impression of is astounding. Okay, so clearly this manager or own business owner is upset. But my favorite part of this comes from the next paragraph. The new rule in our employee handbook, which, yay, okay, will be updated to now requiring a three-month notice since that's how long it took to train you. You will give three months notice and train your replacement in the meantime, and your three months notice will serve as your consent to your base pay to be lowered by $6 an hour. Since you will be leaving, your reduction in pay should be no issue. That's how this works from now on. You can thank your your insubordinates for this. Uh, Thank your insubordinates. I love that. Mm I think it's like, thank your insubordination for this, but okay. You can also thank them for the extra 30 hours of overtime per week you will be assigned to until I find new hires and they are fully trained. Okay, so Mark, I see several issues here. No, I mean, that sounds seems clean to me. Uh, okay, so <laughs> <laughs> sure. Okay, yay. Um, the three months notice requirement destroys the at will employment doctrine. Right. So, so no longer at will and yeah. and absent some other kind of consideration, a difficult thing to try to do or enforce. I don't think I don't I mean you they could say it, they could put it in their handbook. Sure. Like so what are they gonna do? You quit and you say don't give notice, like even a two week notice. Like you can say mm-hmm. we expect you to give two weeks notice, but if somebody quits and walks out the door today, what they get what are to you do gonna, that? They get to do that because we don't have indentured servitude in this country in yes. that in that way uh, when it comes to employment. And you can yep. walk away from your job. You may have an employment contract, but there's usually mm-hmm. a way you can still walk away from that contract. You may have some other penalty, but you can walk away from it. In this case, yep. they don't have an employment contract. They haven't bargained for a contract. So, yeah, when I said like no issue there, legally, whatever, I mean, you can write it. <laughs> It's not yeah. going to have it's not going to have any weight of any sort of enforceability. Uh-uh. So fine, put it in there. See what happens. Yeah, and this is one of those things where uh, if I'm a new employee and I'm reading the handbook and I have to give three months notice, I'm like, "Fuck y'all! I'm not coming in." Like, <laughs> right? No, no, I mean, thanks. right. It's that's the same ridiculous. reason. It's the same reason we don't talk about this a lot here. Like, and again, this depends on the employer. But so many handbooks that I review, every single policy has has language in it, like. Failure to abide by this policy could lead to discipline up to and including termination. <laughs> Don't do that. No. When somebody reads it, they're going to hate you on your fir- on yep. their first day. Put that in there once in the disclaimers at the beginning. Failure to follow any uh-huh. policy here can result in discipline up to and including termination. Any policy. Okay. Then yep. don't say it again and have your handbook actually be something that makes people want to work there. Exactly. It's like you've been watching my handbook series, Mark. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I have been. <laughs> But also, this is this has been long drilled into me. So, like, yes, you yeah. know, this 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 is not com- complicated. But so many companies make it really Screw complicated. Yeah. Anyway, well, sorry. And I think, rant and over. I think no, that's okay. I think when we're reading it in a handbook, these are policies that they want to encapsulate individually, so that if the policy was read by someone else and not read as a as a in a handbook as a whole, I think that's right. why it, and I it, get it's it. in there. But it. But then, I agree then have you. a then have a I like to do this for those kinds of situations too. If like we don't have a handbook, we just have a bunch of policies. Then I like to write a policy on policies. <laughs> I literally call it that. Yes. 
Uh-huh. Policy yep. on policies. Here's how we deal with things related to policies, including <laughs> not following them. Yep, exactly. Um, the other part of this is the unilateral salary base pay being lowered by six dollars. So what gets me here is that you you may we don't know what their regular base pay is. We could be get, getting close to some form of you know minimum wage violation right. potentially. Super and, problematic if this drops below the minimum wage. Yep, super problematic, and it is something where. Why would they keep working for you for three more months if you're going to lower their wages? Well, Kate, because I said that they have to stay for three months. So I said that in my handbook. Mm -hmm. So they must do it, which, and and Mm -hmm. even though I'm going to not pay them as much to do it. Yeah. No, thank you. The last line, which is a little cut off, is I expect full cooperation from this team moving. I think the next word is going to be forward. So whatever. But yeah, no, no, no. You may have lost three people this week. You're going to lose some more next week. I promise you. So might not be immediate, but oofta. Yeah. Well, so and I just I just want to call out. So so we received this story from a solid five or six people. So thanks to all of you who find yes. these stories uh, and and are trolling the anti-work Reddit uh, uh, and thinking of yes. us when you see things. Yes. Yes, I got um, I got this from Gang Gang. I also got it from a new person who lives in Minneapolis. Um, Jerry Katz sent this to me as well. So it was great to get it. Thanks to people. everyone. Yes. Okay, got one more for you. Ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Okay, so this one is on Reddit, um, and it, I don't, I can't tell because I don't spend a lot of time on this anti-work thing. But so I think this is what this comes from. Okay. Yeah, at the top it should have it should have like an R slash and and yeah, his R slash yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's 1.9 million idlers. I'm like, whoa. Try like I realize I should probably spend more time on Reddit to understand it, but this was not one that. That's Reddit, I, like, I know Twitter, I know Instagram, I know LinkedIn, I know somewhat of ugh, Facebook, but yes. Okay. Hello, team. In response to recent changes in our workforce and the overall economic situation, we will be implementing a few new changes in the way that we do things around here. Sounds good so far. Yeah, sounds yeah. good so far. <laughs> Regrettably, base pay will be docked by $3 an hour across the board. Ugh. When things get back to normal, We'll be considering reinstating pay back to elevated levels, but the way things are right now, we simply can't afford to continue paying at the current rate. Next time, don't vote for a a senile, then an R word, who wants to kill the economy, exclamation point. Hmm. Okay. So if this was in California, we're already very, very problematic, right? So additionally, sort of, sort of, sort of. Yeah. I don't know how that actually would play in there. Um, because the, the owner, so it, it would be, if I fire someone because of their political affiliation, that's protected. Yeah, but I'm docking their pay $3. But he, he's just saying that. So I actually took that as the, I, I saw this before too, and was thinking about the very same thing. Uh, and I'm reading that as don't like, as a country, don't as a country vote for Joe Biden. I don't think that this owner is actually saying that any particular employee voted for Joe Biden or someone else. I was I I mean, if you read it that way, I'm docking your pay because you voted for Joe Biden. <laughs> Hugely problematic. Okay. Yes. But I took it as more of a general, I think that would be a very hard claim to make based on that. Oh, I think I could be artful enough to get there. It's in the same paragraph. Additionally, over the next month, we'll be phasing out our remote work program and bring all, capital letters, employees back to the office. As a reminder, remote work was a temporary arrangement. You were able to come into the office a year ago, and you can certainly come in now. Hire a babysitter or whatever, but everyone needs to be in the office by 531, no questions asked. The alternative is termination, so I suggest you think very, in capital letters, carefully before filing another complaint. Okay, so <laughs> That's my favorite part. I love that part. <laughs> um, so this one gets into uh, retaliation, potentially for requesting a reasonable accommodation to continue work from home, particularly for anybody who's immunocompromised. Um, so we got direct evidence here. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm fine. Let's be clear here. I'm fine with employers saying we're transitioning back to work in person and we need everybody to come in. But you also need to be super careful, especially when he's like, I don't want any more complaints. I I mean, (laughs) that doesn't mean that remote work is not given technology and acceptability in or acceptance in society now. That doesn't mean it wouldn't Mm -hmm. be potentially a reasonable accommodation for all sorts of things. Uh, mm-hmm. And so you you can't be quite that blanket about it, you know, in terms of making a statement, especially when you're like, so think long and hard about making any more complaints, <laughs> people. That's yes. massively problematic, you know, but I wanted to yeah. contextualize that because, you know, yeah, it's okay as an employer to start telling folks, you, we need you back in the office. Yep. Um, the other piece of this is hire a babysitter or whatever. You potentially have familial status discrimination yes. here in states where that's covered, or potentially, which I keep hearing that the EOC is ramping up on caregiver uh, responsibility discrimination. So I think there's the potential there too. Okay. Yeah. Lastly, due to a recent incident involving redacted, cell phones and non work related websites are no longer allowed while on my property. Blah is IT. But blank in IT is installing web blockers next week, and you will be required to check in your cell phone at my desk before you're allowed to clock in. Again, this is non-negotiable, and your alternative is termination. Maybe if Blair could resist the urge to browse Facebook, <laughs> Blair was a person's name. Let's just be clear. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, resist the urge to browse Facebook instead of doing her job. We wouldn't have to take these measures. Uh, okay, so there's nothing unlawful about this, particularly. No. I mean, how long it takes to turn your cell phone in before clocking in, arguably could be compensable time. Well, but- there's also like if I if I go to my workstation and I start working without clocking in, and yeah. I haven't given my phone over, I've now not captured the time, yeah, uh, and it's still compensable time because I was working. So yeah. you know there. Anyway, I agree. There's potential there. It's Um, still kind of problematic. And I've seen a lot of discussion about, you know, employees not having their cell phones with them on work and like, oh, my God, why would an employer ever require people to turn their cell phones in? Well, it can be a safety issue. Like, I don't want anybody on their phone when they're operating heavy equipment. Um, But the idea that people not having their cell phone, if there was an active shooter or a fire and they wanted to call their family members, like... I'm not necessarily sure I'm going to buy it that people should be able to have their phones with them all the time. I think that's still within the employer's discretion to say they don't want it. I would err on the side of you can have your phone as long as you're responsible about it. But like it's right. So have a cell phone, have a cell phone policy that treats people like adults. Right. Yes. And 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 takes into account the nature of the work. You're right. If somebody's working on heavy machinery and they need their full attention or it's an assembly line kind of thing or manufacturing. Right. It's okay to say you can't have your phone on you. I wouldn't cl- probably collect them, but wherever you have a locker or whatever, put your phone in yeah. your locker. We don't want you checking your phone while you're on duty working with mm-hmm. machinery, right? Like that's yeah. completely reasonable. For others, right, it can be like, we're not going to collect your phone. We know that there's right. incidental phone usage, but if we recognize or see you spending too much time being distracted by your phone, then that's subject to discipline. And, yep. you know, if it continues, then, you know, it, it, you, you can't work here. Like, I'm fine yeah. with that. Uh, but, you know, I also think that for most jobs and most, you know, keep it focused on is the person getting their job done? Job done. Yep. I don't Focus care if somebody surfs yep. Facebook for a while during the day, if they're getting all their work done and getting it done in a timely fashion, right? And yep. they're being, and they're meeting certain productivity or whatever, like, Go nuts. Like, do what you want. If the work is good, <laughs> all I care about is the work good. Uh, yeah. If the work is suffering and you diagnose it as well, they spent 12 mm-hmm. hours on Facebook yesterday. Well, then that's a problem. And you write that up and you deal with it. Yep. Yep. Exactly. We're on the same page for that. Um, and please direct any questions, concerns to blank person. I'll be out next week and won't respond to any emails. Oh, sure. Drop an email like this and then run away. So, yeah, we'll let somebody else deal with it. Right. Yep. Ugh. So um, there's a lot of things problematic about this one. I really enjoy because you can, well, 
and the headline of this is blaming this is on a, a boomer, right? Right. But I see, you know, managers and owner, business owners being really upset by these quote unquote shenanigans, but these are, this is not the way to handle it in any way, shape or form. So. Cool. You know, what's really unusual about this episode of the hostile work environment podcast. What? We're ending with you. <laughs> I like, I was like sitting there for a second. I was like, I don't know how to transition oh. that because I'm usually the one reading the story and then moving us into the end of the podcast. Um, and we're out of order this week. And there, you know, Folks, it's been a while. Somebody has a story. Like like Kate and I mm -hmm. uh, did the HR social hour uh, Twitter chat <laughs> a couple weekends ago. And lots of people were like, oh, we have this story or that story. Let me tell you. Like, no, you don't. You don't have the story till you send it to us. <laughs> HWEpodcast yes. at gmail.com. Send us yes. some stories. Uh, I probably have some way back in the archives that I can go dig out, but I was too lazy this morning. Uh, and, you know, <laughs> write up your stuff so that I can be lazy and I can see it at the top of my email list. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> Please do. Please send us the stories. And Mark, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter usually, although I've been, I've been kind of, I, I don't know, I've been Quiet. doing as much social lately, but uh, at Salad Pants, you can always reach me there. We also have, we don't call this out all that often, we have the HW, at HWE podcast Twitter account that uh, mm -hmm. you or I occasionally will log into and do something with, but we do monitor and check everything that comes into that. Uh, yeah. and then, uh, like I said, hwepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, that is the best way to get me because I'm the one that uses the, that, that actually has access to that email account to get me information, <laughs> yes. uh, and stories or anything. Like if you send me something on Twitter, I'll forget about it a week later if I don't forward it to that email address. So, uh, which I do and that's fine. Like you using the other yes. ways is fine. Um, and then, uh, for me personally, professionally, uh, the Bullard law website, bullardlaw.com. How about you? Mm -hmm. You can find me at K the number eight B I S C H everywhere. That's where I am everywhere. So okay, with the word everywhere is not in it. No, no, it's no, not no, at K A B I S C H everywhere. <laughs> yes. I don't want to be everywhere. <laughs> right. So. right, right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Well, it was good seeing so, you. Good seeing you too. See you in a couple weeks. Yeah, we'll do a couple weeks, and then at some point here we're going to end up on summer schedule, and yes. uh, take take a little bit of a break. But um, uh, yeah, I think uh, we're looking early May, mid May for another episode. Yeah. Send yeah, us your stuff. Good. Send us your stuff, yeah. people. <laughs> okay. Well, have a good week, everybody. Bye. Bye.